So if you are, open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6 and we'll take off from there. <laughs> Amen. Are you in Isaiah chapter 6? Anybody love the word? Yes. Pray for me, okay? Amen, I receive it. Amen, thank you, Lord. <laughs> right, verse 1. Before we read that, just look up at me for just a few seconds. You know, when a person <clears throat> has lost hope, listen to me very carefully. When a person has lost hope for a miracle, for a breakthrough, for change, transformation in their life, it's because they've lost a key foundational element of their identity, and that is the goodness of God. They've lost sight of the goodness of God, and that's why they look at the circumstances, and the circumstances dictate what their foundation should, is. The, if the foundation for any single person, not single person, but any person who is in the kingdom of God, your foundation is the goodness of God. You cannot live life in the kingdom without the lens of the goodness of God. Which means, even if a promise from God seems to have been delayed. You know, God would have given you a promise that you'll get married in 2019. And when, last week now? Either you, it's possible. But hurry up. <laughs> But you don't, can't choose the wrong person because then 2020, you might need deliverance. <laughs> anyway, so the point to what I'm saying is when we lose track of the goodness of God, we settle for less. We settle for anything that the devil has to give us. We settle for anything that life has to offer us. The goodness of God always keeps us, whether God's promises, God's promises are always yes and amen, which means every word that God has spoken will always accomplish everything that he has sent it out to do, which means his word comes with an intention, and that intention is to fulfill and come back to him, okay? Do you understand that? It's the context of the message today, that God is so good to us, that we should never lose sight of his goodness. Whether life testifies of it or not, God is always good. Do you understand? Whether my life testifies it or not, whether the miracles, the breakthroughs, the signs and wonders, whether I understand everything or not, always remember that our foundation is the goodness of God. Okay? So saying that, are you in Isaiah 6? Okay, great. I'm going to give you some revelation today that will really rock your world. You will never say the word glory and the word holy the same way again. All right, are you ready for it? Okay, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Now please... Just pause over there for a second. I want you to imagine with me that this is not heaven. 
he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about a throne high and lifted up. So the, to, the book of Psalms says, God enthrones the praises of his people. Your praises are not in heaven. They're here. I don't know if you're ready for revelation today. So when God enthrones the praises of his people, he is high and lifted up. Not in heaven, but on the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's no dimension that, that, that you have to go through in order for you to experience heaven. When you start praising God, literally, he enthrones your praises. Your praises become the throne that God dwells on. So this is what Isaiah is looking at. He's looking at, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the... Who's the temple? We are the temple in the new covenant. But Israel had a temple. We're not talking about heaven now. We're talking about earth. Okay? Now, this will rock you, man. Verse 2. Above it, above the throne, stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Okay? Don't get sidetracked by this, the appearance of the seraphim. Keep your eyes on the one who's sitting on the throne. Okay? Now, this is the thing that the seraphim is doing around the throne of God. This is not, they're not singing to God. Okay? The seraphim now who are around the throne... And one cried to another and said... Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the doorposts and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. Okay? Now, please understand that this is not happening in heaven. This experience is a vision that is happening here on earth. When King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And then he begins to describe these, these angelic beings called seraphim. Now the word seraphim is the word, what, it, what they really mean is, is the, the, it's called the burn. Okay, to be, seraphim means burn or a burning one. God, these burning ones come around the throne of God. They come above the throne of God and they circle around him day and night and they worship him. Not in heaven. Where's that temple? Who's the temple? We're talking about the four living creatures. Okay. I'll explain that in a little bit, but you must understand what I'm saying now because you will fully grasp what the word holy means. So these seraphim were the guys who were burning. They were on fire constantly. And they, with two wings they flew, with two wings they covered themselves, and with two wings they covered their feet. They were not looking at God when they were saying holy. 
Come on now. God is so holy that they covered their face. But they were looking at something else. <laughs> Who were they looking at? Oh, come on now. Who were they looking at? We're talking about the throne room. What happens during a throne room experience? Because the angels are coming, big, massive angels, that they're so big that they surround God, they fly around Him. But they fly around Him because He comes and dwells on the praises of His people. And they come around Him and they cover their face, they cover their eyes like that, they cover their, their, their feet and their body, and with two wings they fly around Him like that. All, for eternity, they've been flying. And they're looking at the earth and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. If he is the Lord of hosts, who's hosting him? If he is the host... Who's hosting him? The temple. The temple is hosting him. Please listen to me. These seraphim are angels that are constantly on fire. They're the burning ones. And they're looking at the earth and they're looking at God's people and they're saying holy. They're not saying to God. They're saying to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then they say this, the whole earth is filled with his glory. He's not talking about heaven. He's talking about the whole earth is filled with his glory. Now we're talking about Old Covenant, Old Testament now. Not even new covenant. But you must understand what happens. Can I spin you a little bit more in your mind? You must understand that God is outside of time. The angels are outside of time. They're not limited to time or space. And every time they enter into time or space, they are not constricted by time or space. So whether they were singing during Isaiah's time or the book of Revelation, it was the same time. Are you with me? So he's saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full. Not the Christians. The whole earth is full of his glory. So what does that mean now? It really means that everything on the earth that God has created carries a glory. Well, you can tell me, you can ask me, where's that in the Bible? And I can say John chapter 1. Everything that was created was created by Him. So which means what, what is the glory? The glory is, is hidden in something called the Word. So when God spoke creation, he, he didn't just give creation life. He gave creation a glory. That's why you can see people. Yeah. 
What makes you stand out is the glory. Amen. The reason why I can see you is because there's a light that is emanating into my eyes that is causing me now to see you as you are. Even in a dark room, you can see people. Why? It's because we're constantly emanating a glory. Now the word, Jesus is the word. We know that. I've preached it so many times. Now, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. The Bible says, I think it's in 2 Corinthians. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of the Father. He is the, he is the, the, the radiance of his glory. That word radiance, are you okay? That word radiance means a light that shines forth. A light that shoots forth. So when people are saying, when the angels are saying, oh my gosh, there's glory on the earth. It doesn't mean that people are, ah, wow, you know, I'm a king now. I have some gold, I have some glory, I have lots of money, I have some glory. People are giving me good words, there's a glory. It's an inferior glory. Compared to what the angels are looking at. The angels are looking at a glory that is shooting from all creation. It's like, because everything was created by the word. And in the word is the radiance of God's glory. And so here we have this scene that is happening on earth. And the scene is this, that the angels are looking at something on the earth. All of creation is manifesting a glory. I was taught, you know, growing up as a Christian, don't touch the glory. Don't pick the glory. But how can I not when he gave it to me? Every time you hear the word, like you're listening to me now, you're receiving the word of God. What you're receiving into your body, physical body, is the ability to radiate God's glory. It's the ability for you to shine forth God's glory. Every time you hear, you receive God's word into you, and you, you, you accept his word, you receive Jesus into you, what you've received is the ability to manifest glory. And the angels are looking at this and they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Not church is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, you have this scene that is happening here. And you have the same scene that John the Beloved sees in the book of Revelation. I want you to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 4. After these things, I looked up and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice 
which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven. Okay, just wait now. You must understand. God always does things in the natural to reveal what exists in the spiritual. Okay? Whatever God does in the natural, it's always to tell you that this already existed in heaven. So the book of Revelation is not new. This, what John is seeing, is not new. It's actually old. What Isaiah saw was new. But you can say, well, John is in, you know, in the New Covenant, New Testament. Yeah, for sure. But God does things in the natural to always show you something that already existed in the spiritual. Like the tabernacle of Moses was already in the spirit in heaven before it came to earth. So what's happened here is that time was bent. <laughs> time was bent and John began to see what heaven was like before it looked like on earth. Are you with me? Are you with me? Do you get it? So heaven, God exists in his glory and then that same glory is what he gives to the earth. Isaiah saw it first and now John sees it next. But what John sees is actually even before what Isaiah saw. Because it was in heaven before it was on the earth. Come on, man. Do you understand? And so now he sees it even more clearly. Because it's in heaven. Do you understand? Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from, yeah, this is it. And from the throne proceeded. Oh, come on, man. Do you understand? What is glory? What is glory? I said glory is a flash of light. It's a radiance that goes from you like that. And that's what the angels were looking at from from the throne of God and going, wow, God's glory. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They They were not seeing, looking at God saying that he's holy. They were looking at God's creation and they were saying he's holy. They were looking, they recognized God in his creation. They they found, they were like, wow. Because the same God that was in heaven is the same God that was in people. Oh, come on now. It's the same glory. Okay. Are you okay now? Right. Verse 5. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and... Okay, now. Now look at me. This is phenomenal. From the throne proceeded lightnings. What is a lightning? It's the glory. 
What is the glory? It's the word. From the throne proceeded the word. On the earth, the angels are looking at glory being manifested from the earth. From heaven, they're seeing glory going down to earth. From the earth, they're seeing word going up to God. So from heaven, they're seeing God speak and like lightning, it comes down to the earth to people. So there's like this different conversation that is happening between God and his people and it looks like lightning. Every time, every time you receive the word, it's come as lightning. And the angels are like, whoa, holy, whoa. Holy, holy, holy. They're looking at your conversation with God. Your dialogue, your prayer with God. And the angels are going, man, this is holy. This is holy. This is holy. This is not just anything. These people are not just singing songs. This is holy. Every time you open the word and you begin to hear God speak to you, all the angels in heaven around the throne are absolutely in awe of the glory that comes from the throne to you. But see, they are in awe of what happens from the throne to you. But it's incomplete until it's a dialogue. It's incomplete. Verse 7. He describes the living creatures. The first living creature, this is the seraphim, was like a lion. The second living creature, like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Don't get caught up in all of that. It's okay. The four living creatures each had six wings were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or Why? Why? Why they do not rest day or night? Ah. They do not rest day or night is because while it's nighttime here, it's daytime in America, and, and somebody in America is having a conversation with God. <laughs> Glory. And God is having a conversation with them. And there's lightning coming out of heaven. Come on, man. Day or night, those guys are stuck for eternity. We're not. Those guys are. Because that's all they get to do. 
They fly around and they're holy, holy, wow. They, they look at your relationship with God and they're like, oh, like the psalm says, who is man that you are so mindful of him? Who are you that God who sits on the throne in heaven is actually having a dialogue with you? There must be something about you. Something about you. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down. This is what's happening. Please listen to me. This is what's happening in heaven when you are having a conversation with God. Some of you are like, hmm. Oh, okay. But what about my bills? What about my husband? What about my court case? Well, problem is you're not releasing lightning. You must understand that God's word carries within itself glory. Glory, Jesus is the, is the express image of the Father, the radiance. When you want to, when you're in a dark room, Nitya, what do you do? You? Switch on the light. You don't know what to do? You can ask me. What are you? Okay, you switch on the light. Let me switch on the light. Switch on the light. Switch on the light. You switch on the light, and what happens? No, darkness flees. It's on? Check, check it. Darkness flees. Darkness leaves every time light appears. When you have a problem in your life, when you have a difficulty, a circumstance that, you, that is trying to overpower you is because in that moment, it seems to have more power than you. That's why those people who were in darkness have seen a great, the Christmas prophecy. Those who are in the darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the shadow have seen a great light. You've seen a great light. It's awesome. You come to church, you're seeing a great light happening here. Pastor John is talking to you like, it's happening. It's happening all around. And some of you will be like, hmm, what about my bill? What about my husband? What about my court case? Doesn't God love me? Well, he's shooting electric lights from heaven for you. But the problem is that you are not shooting. You are not switching the light on. That was off. It's on. You're, you are having problems in your marriage. There's lack of communication in your marriage. It's because the lights are off. You're trying to feel each other with your eyes closed. The wife is complaining about the husband. Husband's complaining about the wife. Both of them are in darkness. 
Please listen to me. When the word transformation, what Tinashe was talking about, transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. What is that? It just means that when the word comes, you have an awakening moment. You become conscious. I've been living in darkness. I was a prisoner, but now he set me free. I don't have to live like that. I don't have to be bound by these things. I can be free in the kingdom of God. But see, God is always, the Bible says that he's always speaking word. Why? Because he is the word. He's always releasing miracles for you. He's always releasing a word and he's sending his intention with it. His intention, please listen to me, his intention for your life is that you would have every breakthrough that you need. Every miracle that you need in your life, God has already sent it. But you've got to understand that in order for the holy holy to happen, you have to respond with the right word. We've been praying and asking God, pay my bill. But we've not been praying through Christ. Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. Oh, come on now. Oh man, I don't know if you love Revelation, but for me, it just makes sense. Why would I even allow my bill to get me to talk to God? Why would a failing marriage get me to go to pray to God? Why would a job loss get me to go to pray to God? Jesus should. It's the legal way for you to have a conversation with God. It's the only way that you attract heaven to earth. The throne room experience is, is not just holy, 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 holy. Everybody sing holy, holy three times. Okay, holy, holy four times. Okay, five times, holy, holy. Okay, I feel the presence. Okay, let's go home. But there's a reason why you need to sing holy. There's a reason why the angels sing holy. What is your reason? The angels are seeing this dialogue happening between God and people. And they're seeing humanity overpowering every form of darkness that was causing the glory of God to look like a dim light in their life. The question is, is your light like a lightning or is it dim? Because your relationship with God could be secondary to your relationship with your church. (laughs) Your relationship with God could be secondary to your relationship with your wife or your husband. Or even your job for them. Our pastor, some people come to me and say with pride, they say, well, you know, I'm a workaholic. There's no difference between a workaholic and an alcoholic. It's all holic. (laughs) Do you understand? It's just that something, a darkness, told you that it had more power over you. So fear, it put fear into your heart and made you, forced you to stay back at work. If you understand the goodness of God, that God said, you, a man is worthy of his wages. What does that mean? If your job tells you to work from nine to six, Working beyond that is disobeying God's law. Come on, come on. Come on now. Some of you are clapping. You know, the ones, uh, the ones those guys who are working for, uh, you know, what is it called? Um, 
You, Sklita, you know you work an extra hour, you get something, what is it what called? Time? Ah! <laughs> time. Just embracing darkness, like, yeah, come. Ooh. When you work overtime for money, you're saying, God, you're not enough. <laughs> you're saying, God, firstly, you're not enough. And secondly, um, you're not my provider, my job is. Well, that's not glory, brother. That's quite shocking. The angels are like, no, that's not holy. They're not circling around the throne. They just stop <laughs> midway and they're like, there's a problem here. Mid-flight, they just stop and they're like, oh my gosh. Not you, my love, I'm just saying. They just stop mid-flight. And they're like, why is this person who has the power over all things submitting to an inferior power that God has already overcome? You know why we love free worship in this church? Because we don't like structure. You know why the pastor, when he's leading worship, say, come on, lift your voices. Just sing your own song to the Lord. It's because I'm encouraging you to release glory. You want to attract heaven into your life? You have to release glory. <laughs> Manifesting glory. You say, well, you know, I, I went into a dark room and I just started speaking the word and... You know, I couldn't see. It's not what you see. It's what heaven sees. Because to heaven, heaven sees what God sees. And what God sees is there's this dialogue happening. God is not going, oh, wow, he's shooting lights at me. Wow, oh, okay, laser, laser. Wow, oh, okay, I have to listen to him now. I have to listen to him. No. Every time you speak the word, every time you talk about Jesus, Every time you witness about Jesus, you're emanating this glory. This glory that attracts heaven to you. In, in the book of Acts, Jesus says in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, when the spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power. So in Acts chapter 3, Peter goes to someone's house, a, a, a person who is not a believer and they've already been baptized, you know, like the water baptism stuff. And they've already been baptized, but they've not been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so Peter goes up to them and the Bible says that he laid his hand on them. And when he laid his hand on them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, when the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit has come, he will reveal all things about the Father. Who knows the mind of Christ except the Spirit of Christ? So now you must understand that in order for you to have a direct connection with the throne, not with the angels, please forgive me Catholics, no saints, not even Mother Mary, and Father Joseph also. None of them. 
I want to tell you, you have direct access to the one who sits on the throne. On the throne. On the throne. Direct access. Because of the spirit. So the spirit gives you power to have a dialogue with a God. Your God. And this God is quite scary. So the spirit makes him not very scary. It makes him like a father to you. Have you seen God? Have you seen God in the Bible? Baba, he has so much of power, he can have a thought and you'll vanish. <laughs> See, we, 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 like, God is like, you know, like one, one of the guys. He's, God is my best friend. He's not your best friend. He's God. <laughs> God, Jesus is my friend. He's my best friend. No, he is Lord. There has to be a place where you understand what reverence means. Amen. And angels will not look at familiarity and be attracted to it. Angels are not attracted to familiarity. They're attracted to sovereignty. When God is sovereign in your life, that's what, when you communicate to God through Jesus, you are saying, God, you are sovereign. You are seated on the throne. When you have that lens in your life, what is that bill? What is that lack of business that is, that is causing such a major problem in your life? What is that, oh my God, I don't have a husband issue? I don't know why I'm going on on this issue. Anybody want a wife? What is that problem, I don't have a wife problem? We make it such a petty thing. But this dialogue that you should be having. And the dialogue is through the word. God speaks the word and his people respond with the word. We understand, we must understand that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of power. We are very familiar with the concept of strength, but we're not really strong. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Let me repeat myself and then I'll give you the example. We're very familiar with the concept of strength, but we're not really strong. How do I know this? Well, let the season change and then we'll see how many Panadols you run to get. Do you understand? Just a blip in the weather patterns. Sick leave, sick leave. <laughs> oh, pastor, your confession, pastor, Vijay, their confession changes. What happened to you? Oh, pastor, I'm sick. I can't come to church and I'm sick. Uh, this place is the solution to all your sickness. Anyway, but, oh, pastor, you know, I, I just, 
I can't give to God because I get paid such a small salary. Look at your confession. This stuff does not, it does not shoot. There's no glory going out from here. I love what um, Sujit said. I love God gave me 10 months of rest and then he blessed me with a job. Now that to me is a person who is giving God glory no matter the circumstance. Do you understand? Every time you have a dialogue with God, please listen to me very carefully and you must remember this because 2020 is going to be like this. Every time you have a dialogue, are you listening? Yeah. With God, not just, oh God, you know I have this bill, God, you know I have that bill, and God, you know I have this, and the pimple, and the this, and the that. <laughs> oh, none of that. Not, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, please, not, I'm not talking about the sob stories. I'm talking about, I'm talking about you're having a dialogue with God, word for word. You're receiving word, you're responding with word. All the time, you're receiving word from the throne, you're responding word from, the thro- from, from heaven, from earth to heaven. Okay? Every time that happens, are you listening? A throne room appears over your life. And he, please explain to me, what does the king do on his throne? He what? The kings, they rule, <laughs> and they, over what? Over everything that belongs to them. So who do you belong to? Hmm? Who do you belong to? So, if you, let's just assume you're a king, and somebody in your kingdom had a problem. Whose problem is it? It's the king's problem. If I want to put famine on the earth in a particular king's kingdom, who do I go to? Do I go to the, the lady with the flour and the oil? Or do I go to the king? So when the throne appears and you're praying and you're having this dialogue with God, what do you think God does? He judges. He judges. People don't like judgment in this section. Let me tell you, I love judgment. Yeah, you know why? It's because I'm righteous. We think we're guilty. That's why we're scared of judgment. The day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your sin was paid for. We're no longer a sinner. We can have theological debates about it. Now's not the time. <laughs> Let's just agree. If you disagree, it's your problem. <laughs> Let's just agree that you're not a sinner. You've been saved by grace through faith. You're no longer a sinner, but a, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. So if there's a problem in your life, and you're the righteousness. You're right, Tinashe. 
Who do you think God would judge in whose favor? The one who is right. So the question is, every time you have a dialogue with God, are you righteous or unrighteous? If you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you're having a dialogue with God, he comes and judges in your favor. Amen. 2020 is going to be a year of the righteousness. If you believe that revelation and you live according to that revelation, don't worry about what people say. They say, oh, that pastor has tattoos. He's not righteous. <laughs> Baba, I live in such blessing that it is actually making you jealous. That's why you're making those stupid statements. And secondly, I'm a Gentile. God gave those tattoo things to the Jews. I'm not a Jew, I'm Gentile. I'm a, I'm a gentle person. I'm a gentile. So don't bring all these theological debates. They're just not rubbish. Just waste, waste of time. Don't waste your time by talking things that are not glorifying God. Just don't even get into that subject. I don't know why it's coming like this. Why? <laughs> hmm? The voice is glory, man. It's coming like that. See, when glory comes and it hits you, you will never be the same. Every time the Lord spoke to someone, their lives changed. Some of us have been going through a wilderness experience in 2019. Oh, brother. I can't wait for this year to end. I want you to know that if the Lord doesn't judge in your favor, 2020 will be wilderness. <laughs> wilderness again. I tell you, something beautiful happens in the wilderness. In the wilderness, and a lot of Christians are here. I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's because you're waiting for God to move on your behalf. God, please pay my bill. God, please give me a job. Well, he can, but you need to apply for one. <laughs> Please listen to me very carefully. This will determine whether you stay in the wilderness or you leave. How many of you are in the wilderness? <laughs> I'll tell you, the wilderness is a beautiful place. In the wilderness, we have a city. But the wilderness is a beautiful place. You know why? Because God begins to demonstrate his acts in your life. The wilderness experience is a, is a place where miracle signs and wonders happen, man. But it's also the place of holiness. 
It's also the place where God anoints you with his spirit. Every time God moves on your behalf, glory comes. wilderness experience, God demonstrates miracle signs and wonders on your behalf so that you would get to know him. But I'll tell you, when it's time for you to get out of the wilderness, he anoints you with his spirit. Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years, my brother, my 40 years. Who was in the same company for 30 years? <laughs> That's not a wilderness, but it's a, it's a blessing. But I'm just trying to tell you, most of his life, Israel experienced in the wilderness. Most of his working life. 30 years, man. 40 years in the wilderness. Around the same bush. It's like a Hindi movie. <laughs> you know, they do their dance thing around the same bush. And we pay money to go watch these two twirling around the same bush. I'm like, oh, what a movie. Oh, dialogues was awesome. Same thing, concept. And Israel was stuck in the wilderness. You know why they were stuck in the wilderness? Is they were depending on God to get them out. Ooh. <laughs> Hello? How many of you are depending on God to get you out of the position you're in now? <laughs> yeah. it, thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate it. But I want to tell you, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. What's he trying to say? There's a difference between God demonstrating himself in miracle signs and wonders and risking you every single time and then you stepping as God would in your life. See, the reason why we prefer being in the wilderness is because we don't like application of the word. Hello? The reason why we like it is because, Pastor John, please pray for me. You know, I need a job. Wilderness. Pastor, you close to God. All those, you know, the seraphims and all that stuff happen around you only all the time. <laughs> when I come, I feel, wow, I feel the wind of God. No, no, the seraphims are just around. But why? It's because Pastor John is constantly in a state of praise and worship and, and giving God thanks and having conversations with him. But wow, heaven is all around me all the time. But it's for me. Not for you. I need breakthrough in my life. I'm not going to God and asking him, God, I need finances in my life. I declare finances in my life. Why? It's because the word, the natural state, the progressive state of the word is to manifest. And so God is teaching us in this room the way out of the wilderness It's a very difficult thing, but it's also very easy. It's called application of the word. Application of the, say it with me, application. So what does that look like? 
every time you face a problem, please listen to me now. Every time you face a problem, you're not praying to God about the problem. You're not even talking to the problem. Where does it say in the Bible, just speak to the devil? <laughs> Come on now, I'm setting people free. You're, the reason why you are not free is because this has been your prayer life, some of you. I cast out the demon. No, just, please understand. Your responsibility is to have dialogue with and that dialogue with God breaks chains over your life. That dialogue with God, that revealing and manifesting of glory chases demons away. You know, no demon tries to even come near my dogs. Please, understand. They don't even try coming near my house. Forget about my house, my community that I live in. You understand? You know why? It's because I'm not thinking about them. I'm not thinking about, oh, there's a demon in the dark room. Oh, what the, I can't, I, oh, I can't switch the light on. Oh, oh, look at the demons. Oh, you know, there's like somebody, somebody falls sick is a demon. No, it's just that you've not looked after your body. It's not a demon. See, we're, we're having these conversations with, and God is like, man, I've given you enough of word. Do something about it. At least the angels were saying, holy, holy. Please understand. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Every time you have a dialogue with God, demons flee. Every time you have a dialogue with God, every problem in your life begins to get aligned with the word that God has spoken over your life. You don't need to run after another man ever. Ever. Don't have to ask another man to pray for you also. <laughs> you don't have to go and say, oh, you know, don't even have to go to God and say, God, please give me a breakthrough in my life. No, you speak the breakthrough in your life. No. You need to speak the breakthrough in your life. Because if you're speaking the breakthrough to God, then you're releasing glory. Every time you release glory to God, the whole earth gets filled with the glory of God. Every time the whole earth, your life begins to get filled with the glory of God, demons cannot handle the power. Oh, come on. This is powerful. It, you cannot get into 2020 without this revelation. 2020, I'm telling you, is such a powerful year. Many people will miss it. You have to align yourself. You have to make a commitment to God today saying, God, I will have a dialogue with you, but everything in my life will be according to your word. Not about anything, what, what the news says, what America is doing with Trump and the trumpet and all that kind of stuff. None of that stuff matters. What matters is your dialogue with God. Breakthroughs are so easy. You never need to strive for breakthrough. You know, when you start striving and begging God for a miracle, you're not a son, you're an orphan. 
when you step into sonship you understand your worth do you know why the angels sing worthy 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 because they see how much you are worth to him come on man you know pastor vijay i i believe that some day 2020 will be a year where our churches will begin to live on the word of god i believe it you know i i really believe that we'll stop having followers and we'll start having believers people who believe the word people who live on the word who live every day on the word and i'm prophesying it over our churches so good so good <laughs> 